0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fireside Chat number 267. Here's Otto, and Snoopy is beneath me. And in the beginning, right before the broadcast, was a third dog, believe it or not, who we are taking care of for an indefinite period of time I have no idea how this happened. My wife has told me three times how we ended up with this dog, and I still don't quite uh, understand it. In any event, we have, and you can see what was videoed right before I began talking now. So it's, it's a busy house here at the Prager House. Great to be with you. I, d- I would like to tell you that everything we do is made possible thanks to people donating to PragerU. Everything is free. And everything is a lot of things now. So I'd like you to know that until Christmas, everything you donate will be tripled. Some donors have made it a beautiful form of donation that they will triple whatever you give to us. So please go to PragerU.com. Anyway, it's the time of year when people do feel generous, and they should. And we have Hanukkah, and we have Christmas, and New Year's. It's a time to think about it. I I actually should talk about giving charity once. You know, it it makes you feel good. It's one of the, it's, I have an analogy to working out. Uh, If you're at least like me, and I think I'm normal, you don't look forward to working out, believe it or not. I do three times a week with a trainer and I don't look forward to it but I'm very much happier after I did it. Charity is very similar. Very few people wake up in the morning and go, oh, another day to give money away. But then the second, I mean, the second you do it, there there is a wonderful feeling that uh, you experience. So anyway, PragerU.com, whatever you give is tripled until uh, December 25th. Well, I have a very intense subject, and uh, it was brought to my attention by Megan One, the original Megan, Megan the original, (laughs) who is here. And on one of the PragerU Instagram pages, that of Marissa Stride, our CEO, there was a picture of a previous article I had written, I don't know, was it, within the last two weeks, Mm -hmm. because I write a column every week. There are a thousand of my columns all on the internet, by the way. And I got to tell you, they're all worth reading because very few are dated. And I try to say something important in, in each column. Here's one, for example, this week, will secular conservatives have conservative grandchildren. I ought to talk about that one of these days. My my belief is that most will not. Because without God and without religion, America will not survive. And without God and without religion, conservatism will not survive. Certainly the founders would have agreed with me. But anyway, I wrote a piece, and the title was very provocative. And... I acknowledge that it was very provocative. If Holocaust deniers do not go to hell, there is no God. And this uh, bothered a lot of people who made a whole host of objections to the title. I don't think almost any of them actually read the article, which is a shame. And it might have taught me a lesson. Don't make the title so provocative (laughs) that people think they don't need to read the article. I just should have written about how evil Holocaust deniers are. And if I wanted to put a hell reference uh, uh, in the in the content, then I would have. But I do want to respond to some of the uh, annoyed and some angry responses uh, to what I wrote. In no order of importance, uh, a common one was, who is Dennis Prager to say who goes to hell? So... That's a very interesting question. Since I don't determine who goes to hell, what difference does it make? Right? (laughs) I mean, I don't believe I determine who goes to hell, but I do believe that there is a God who judges humans and there is a level of evil that unless you repent, and I certainly always uh, have the the opening and and hopefulness that people will repent. I wanted to make the point that this is in the category of a truly evil thing. So let me just put that aside, therefore. Let's get rid of that very quickly. It's, a, it's an odd question. Who, who am I to say who goes to hell? You can differ with me. You can say, no, it is not evil enough to qualify. Or as many did, the only people who go to hell are people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. You can say that. That is your view. But of course, you are then doing the same thing that you're attacking. You're saying who goes to hell people who don't believe in christ but then you'll say ah but that i i didn't i'm not saying that that's what i believe god says fine so i believe that god says that evil people go to hell I- independent of their theology okay so so we're all in the same boat we're we're all in a se- essentially uh at least those of us who believe that there is a hell and i do believe that Uh, Whether you use the term hell or not one of the 13 principles of the Jewish faith Which is my faith according to the greatest Jewish thinker who ever lived Maimonides in the 12th century uh, One of the one of the 13 principles is that there is reward and punishment after death So whether punishment is called hell or just punishment. What's the difference? clearly it is a it is a Substantive belief of Judaism that there is reward and punishment uh, given out, meted out by God after this life. Judaism believes that it is done on the basis of behavior rather than specifically faith. But but whatever your belief, we all believe, uh, all Jews, all Christians, do believe that they're... Not all Jews are all Christians. (laughs) I I don't want to fall into that trap. Uh, (laughs) All... All those who believe in traditional Christianity or traditional Judaism believe that there is a punishment afterwards who gets there is not my My debate, but you you can't say who am I to say that? Such people will go there if I would say torturers of children go to hell Would you attack me? I mean, I I, it would be an odd thing you wouldn't look that good to your friends. Oh, this guy Prager says that those who torture children go to hell. What the hell does he know? Some of them even said it was blasphemy. Is that blasphemy? It's a strange use of the term, in my opinion, of to say it was blasphemous. But look, people were annoyed that I said that. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I, I just want to make clear that the objection That someone says some people go to hell, who the hell is he (laughs) to say anybody goes to hell is a bizarre, is a bizarre argument. I hope that everybody believes that certain people get punished after this life. It's a very odd notion of a just God that nobody gets punished. Would you agree to that? Okay, so next, next one. Uh, Let's see what else was there. So obviously there, there was the, 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 the one written by a number of Christians that the only people who go to hell are people who, who don't believe in Christ. But that's, I don't even believe that that's a Christian belief because there is a level of evil that most Christians uh, believe that even if you say you believe in Christ, but if you engage in such evil, then clearly your belief is, is not authentic and you would, you would go to hell. Uh, it, it, it it does not bring Christians and Christianity and Christ uh, uh, glory for a Christian to say it doesn't matter how you behave uh, it's it and it's not Christian I, I know Christianity pretty well and I I am immersed in in the world of Christians to say some of the dearest humans in my life are 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 Catholic and and Protestant evangelicals is, is to understate the case, and uh, none of them would say it. God doesn't care how you behave. What yep. if they say your good or bad ideas? Like okay, yes, that's thank you for reminding me. That's correct. So some so some objectors. Did I did I so did I did I handle the last part uh, sufficiently? Fine. So uh, what is the famous line again from the New Testament it is what is it uh, by by uh, works through by no 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 works without faith uh, f- faith without works is dead okay that that's that too is a, in in the New Testament that that's a that's a pretty ba- big deal so uh, but as also it is by your by the fruit the tree shall be known or something to that effect in other words e- e- your actions tell us how authentic your faith is, which is of course true. Oh, I believe in Christ, and, and, and I'm going to I'm going to molest a child. Uh, it, it's it's it, it it's inconceivable. Of course, everybody sins, and as I point out in the very beginning of my piece, there are gradations of sin. Anyone who says that God regards stealing a towel from a hotel and torturing children as equal because they're both sins, well, I don't think that that brings uh, uh, glory to God. All right, let's put it that way. Then there was the other one that you raised. What was that again? Oh, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, ideas. Holocaust deniers, I don't care what they think. If If you go public and try to influence people, that's different. That's an action. Speak public speech is an action private speech is not necessarily That's why I never judged Donald Trump on the basis of a comment. He made not knowing he was recorded speaking to another guy uh, I thought it was very foolish to say I judge him if everyone were judged by things they said privately Everybody would be judged awfully if There has to be a place where you could just say whatever you want to a friend and 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 not not be judged by it by others and if it's recorded then the, the recording uh, was that was the bad in that scenario much more than the speech however public speech that's different public speech affects others and that's a very very big deal there is a ver- a famous Hebrew saying that I learned and every kid who goes to a yeshiva a religious Jewish school Uh, learns this in Hebrew, but I'll say, of course, in English, whoever, uh, well, it's tough to say it in English uh, because the Hebrew works better because it's a play on words, but it doesn't matter. Whoever publicly humiliates his neighbor, it is as if he has murdered him. So in other words, if I say a humiliating thing to my friend about somebody, in, in, in the privacy uh, of my room or to my wife in what we call, uh, what is it, the bedtime talk or whatever the word is, that's not the same as if I publish it on the internet or in my case, say it on the radio, that humiliating, humiliation necessitates public by definition. You can't be humiliated and nobody know about it so uh i'm not talking i i i didn't talk about private thoughts i and i don't believe you go to hell for your thoughts in fact i don't i don't care that much what you think i care how what you say publicly and how you act those are the two criteria that i use public speech and actions whether they're private or public you murder somebody privately it's it's evil i mean all right Look, I've devoted my life to trying to bring moral clarity to people. So these are the reflections of a lifetime of thought on, on really, really important uh, subjects. So my issue is not that there are people who don't believe that there's a Holocaust and say it to a friend, but the man who was brought to meet the president, ex-president of the United States, and, and publicly mocks the holocaust by comparing the the uh, the, the murdered jews to baked cookies and says only a few hundred thousand were killed this is this is a, a a person of surpassing cruelty see if you know what happened in the holocaust then you understand why i believe it is so evil do you know how many how many jews were for were, were burned alive. The gas is the most famous, but how many families were shot to death? And if you didn't die on the bullet, you were buried alive. I mean, the amount of horrific, unspeakable suffering and seeing it happen to, your, to family members and friends, the people experimented on, people who had their eardrums, Burst because they were placed in high pressure chambers to see what happens. You go out of your mind from such excruciating pain. So people deny that happened, and I'm supposed to say, gee, that's sad. What am I supposed to say? What are you supposed to say? It is the most documented single event that I know of in history. By the way, I would say this if somebody denied that 5 million Ukrainians were starved by Stalin, or 60 million Chinese were murdered by, uh, by Mao, or 20 to 40 million uh, Russians were, or, or Soviet citizens were killed in the gulag by, by Stalin. I would say the same thing. But it's interesting. Nobody denies these. Nobody denies that Pol Pot murdered a quarter of the Cambodian people. Yet another communist genocide in Cambodia. Nobody denies those. And they're much less documented. Gulag is much less documented than the Holocaust. And yet if you deny that, I would say you're evil. That's correct. But nobody denies the other ones. The only genocide denied is the Jews because the people who would say it hate Jews. And I don't care personally if you personally like or hate Jews. I care if you act on it and And denying the Holocaust is an act of of surpassing cruelty, so that's I wanted to respond because there were so many responses, both on YouTube and on Instagram and uh, to my columns six hundred responses just in American greatness alone. So I thought it would be a, 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 an important thing to respond to. So here's an irony for the the Christian writers about uh, who are annoyed with me. I'm going to say something that is will shock you, but it's either true or not. I don't know of a Christian, living Christian, certainly historically there have been, but I don't know of a living Christian at this moment who has brought more people to church, to Christian faith than I have, than this Jew has. Just for the record, just look at, at, the, at the comments, the thousands of comments on my Bible commentary. Oh, you know what? Now, now I'm going to go back to church. Uh, I, he has made the case for God and religion. And by the way, I brought, I think, proportionately an equivalent number of Jews back, back to synagogue, as it were. Uh, but uh, just wanted to let you know that i am proud of that fact if people rediscover their christian roots uh this jew is happy that that has happened okay let's go to our questions thank you megan's arm my first back. the the re-debut of your arm yeah <laughs> Hi, Mr. Prager. My name is Lisa. I'm a member of Prager Force in Southern California. I'm currently in Savannah, Georgia, doing a master's degree at Ralston College, which I must give you a quick thank you for. You were one of the reasons I decided to pursue this degree. And I've had an amazing experience, met our chancellor, did a podcast with his wonderful wife. So thank you. My question to you is, since you've had experience publishing books, what do you value in an editor? And what publishing houses. Would you recommend I look into for a career? Thank you again. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Now let's go. I did it. (laughs) The halfway was the giveaway. Mm. What do I value in an editor? Wow. I could spend the rest of the broadcast on this. I am stunned that writers do not always seek editors. I write well and I edit others, but I want as I not only want editors, I, I want edit. I don't, I don't only want an editor. I want editors, the more the merrier I want to put out the best possible work I can. One of the reasons that my, my works are good and widely read and influential is the number of editors that I seek. I want editors for content. Did you get this fact right? Or here is another fact that you might want to use for uh, style? You could have said this more elegantly, or my favorite more concisely. I'll talk about that in a moment. I want editors just for typos. It is you can't catch your own, all of your own typos. It's not possible, because you read knowing what you meant to write. So, so uh, typos, facts, and style. I don't know what else an editor does. Tho- those are three. So, if you want to be an editor, I assume that's why you're asking the question, or maybe you want to be a writer and you want to know what type of editor to seek, you need either one person can do all three things, which is rare, but possible, or you need different editors to pursue different aspects of it. I will, I will tell you a secret of mine and, and why I know that people, I know from the feedback I get, people read, if they start reading my, a book of mine, they generally read the whole book. I write extremely tersely, extremely concisely. If, if, if the sentence has 10 words, and I can make it into seven words, I get a little thrill. I love when people get rid of words of my own and when I find a way to say it in fewer words. The fewer the words, the more the readers. I don't mean the fewer the words in total. If you write a a 500 page book and write tersely, that's still few words. I don't mean quantity, of the book, I mean per sentence per paragraph. I call it fat. get rid of fat in every sentence and in every paragraph. One of the ways I do is I get rid of adjectives. I want the reader to supply the adjectives uh, I supply the facts or the or the arguments then the reader will in fact supply uh the adjectives by the way when i talk i try to talk as concisely as well which is why people tend to watch my videos like this I, i i don't add unnecessary points it's harder in speaking because you can't go back and erase speech but i'm conscious when i'm speaking say your point and move on which is exactly what i'll do now As for publishing houses, it it almost doesn't matter. Just it's all I would say is when possible, unless you are very well known and will have a very large readership, no matter who publishes your work, it's very much better to get a publishing house than to publish your own work. Okay, here we go. Luke, 11 years old, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. How do you deal with your finances? So, Luke, let me say that if you're asking that question at 11, you are one fortunate young dude because kids are not taught about money ever. They're taught a lot of things that are not useful and they're taught very little that is useful that's one of them i wish i had been taught at an early age the value of saving money for example and if you start minimally at your age everyone who starts early can end up a millionaire that's right no no matter how much you you make you don't have to be in a very high-paying job to end up a millionaire if you start saving at, a, at an early age. I didn't. I'm very lucky that I've been able to make money at a, at a later age, but uh, most people cannot. So you should start early. So the fact that you asked the question is terrific. I will say this, though, to be very personal. I have always been more interested... In touching people's lives than in making money the one proof is that I've been devoting I will have devoted about ten years to my Bible commentary people don't write a commentary on Deuteronomy to get rich but I really believe that that's the most important thing I could do in writing right now because if people don't understand the brilliance of the Bible we're doomed Because people will then get their wisdom from college and not from the Bible. And the colleges are teaching nonsense, by and large, I'm sorry to say. How are we? Around 26 minutes. Okay, so we're good. Okay. Tristan, 12 years old, Muskego, Wisconsin. Hi, Dennis Otto, all Megans, Snoopy and Nate the Great who isn't here, but I'll, I'll share this. I've watched almost 200 episodes of your chats and I want to know your thoughts on kids sitting on electronics all day and not taking a break. Thank you for your answer. I think you know my thoughts and I think I know your thoughts. I don't know if we know yet all the consequences of the preoccupation with staring at one's phone. But it's, it's not a good thing. Everybody knows it's not a good thing. Anybody who thinks about it knows it's not a good thing. I'll give you a, a little example. It's not exactly about... Uh, it's about electronics, but it's not... What did you say? Sitting on electronics all day. Okay. I have uh, worked out at gyms much of my life. And I remember decades ago being at the gym and it was common for the uh, the members to you know talk to one another in in between exercises let's say oh how you doing what are you doing well you know what what are you working on or whatever it might be over time i see nobody talk to anybody at the gym no one maybe if you have a trainer but most people they're doing it on their own And pretty much nobody's talking to anybody. So a lot of people today, they're either wearing headphones or AirPods. Correct? I'm not in the the Apple world. I wear earphones when I do my radio show. So that's why I think ear. Most people don't think earphones unless they're audiophiles. Anyway, uh, the point is, they're all they're all into their worlds of being entertained by something else. So obviously, who, who's going to walk over to a person who has something in their ear or, or something covering their ear, right? And I, I just think that that's unfortunate. But the, the bigger question is the one you're talking about: electronics all day. It it there is an art. To relating to people it is one of the great joys of life to relate to other people we are meant to relate to other people to the extent that electronics diminishes the time that we would have spent talking to a person a friend a relative family member uh, it, it is a it is a real problem so I don't have anything brilliant to add that hasn't been said by many others about the crisis of the immersion in the, in the world of electronics. But uh, when I'm in line at the airport, I talk, I try to talk to people in line. I think it's a beautiful thing to talk to strangers. It's a habit of mine, it is a habit I cultivate, it's a good thing for me, it's a good thing for the person. But if, you're, if the person is just staring down at their phone and typing away, you're not, you're not likely to start talking to them. And was it truly critical that that be done? They couldn't wait till perhaps they sat down on the plane and did it? Uh, it it's, a, it's a worrisome problem. And, and by the way, I think it takes away from another thing. How, how old are you? Let's see, you're 12. How many young people, forget 12, 18, 25, are reading books? I can't imagine a life without book reading. That people who lived before you, or are living now for that matter, worked very hard to put their thoughts or some history or some poetry or some novel together to touch another person's life. It's a very valuable thing, book reading. I think the electronics issue is a serious one. You do too, or you wouldn't have asked the question. Anyway, please remember that whatever you give till Christmas is tripled as a donation to PragerU. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. Many of them are wearing headphones while they work out or earpods and listening to music or whatever they're listening to. Is not such a thing, earpods? No, oh yeah. I think you said earpods. I did. Airpods. Oh, AirPods. OK, so uh, th- they're, they're So we'll start that again. So what they're doing is they have headphones on or AirPods. Uh, I say ear because it's earphones for audio files. Earlier you said air, earbuds instead of earbuds. <laughs> Wait, which should I say? No, it's AirPods. But remember when you were talking about eardrum? You <sighs> accidentally said airdrum? Oh my God! Uh, no, I know that. Yeah. We'll start this okay. again. <laughs> so, what people are doing now? Not everybody, but a lot of people are wearing headphones or EarPods. No. Uh, oh, that's wrong. So, a lot of people today—they're either wearing headphones or AirPods. Correct. I, I'm not in the. Uh, uh, I'm not in the Apple world. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.